The Bible has so many great and awesome stories that we all know about. For example, David and Goliath or Daniel and the lion's den. But today we want to look at another crazy, another foreign story that most of us have maybe never even heard of before. That story is found in Ezekiel chapter 4. And in Ezekiel chapter 4, God is calling his prophet to do something absolutely crazy. This is 21st Talks, my name is Vince, I'm here with Phil, and today's episode is called Decoding Strange Stories in the Bible, God Asked Me to Eat Poop-Baked Bread. Now before we begin, a quick shout out to some of our listeners that have been engaging with us and sharing our content. Talisha Ray Harvey, thank you for uh, engaging with us and we look forward to continuing the conversation. All right, let's get started. Okay, Phil, so the story that we talk about right now is found in Ezekiel chapter 4. In Ezekiel chapter 4, God gives Ezekiel something to do, something very specific to do. It has to do something with the siege of Jerusalem and it has to do something with God's people. Like they are called to do something, to repent, you know, to realize what situation they're in. And so Ezekiel gets that call from God and God tells him in that chapter what to do. And those instructions are very specific and for us maybe today we read this and we're like what in the world okay let me tell you really quickly what god says first of all ezekiel has to take a block of clay and draw the city of jerusalem in there and then he has to lay down on the side and then basically lay down there for 390 days not doing anything just laying down right and and then after those days he needs to turn around and lay down on his right side and then stay there for another 40 days and god says you just gotta lay there and actually i'm gonna i'm gonna tie you up so you, you have ropes tied to your body you cannot move and then you know, obviously you need to eat something during that time. And God says, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what you need to eat. And he basically tells Ezekiel to make this kind of bread and to, to bake it over human excrement. And then Ezekiel is like, oh, wait, Lord, I, I don't, I don't want to do this. I've never defiled myself. And then God says, okay, fine. You can then, you know, use cow's excrement. And that's basically the story. That's basically Ezekiel chapter four. Now, my question for you, Phil, what do you think about that? my gut reaction is like, this is crazy, man. You know, why, why is God asking him to do something that is ridiculous? Now, when I use the word ridiculous, I mean it in the sense of it's outside of the norm of what we do in our normal human lives, right? No one just lies down on their side for 390 days and just eats bread the same, like, you know, for so many days. I mean, you think of malnutrition, is he getting all the vitamins and nutrients he needs from like, eating the same type of bread for 430 days. I mean, it, it, it seems a little bit uh, extreme. Yeah. Um, you know, and an, another thing that, that, that comes to mind is why is it that the man that's serving God, right? When, when Ezekiel is called, he's one of the faithful few that God sees that he can speak through. Why is it that the man that's serving God is put through this level of hardship? I mean, for those nurses out there, you know that when you're dealing with a patient, you have to turn the patient periodically or else they will develop bed sores, right? And in a couple of hours, it can happen. And, and in our sleep, we naturally turn and, and toss and turn. So, but God is asking this guy <laughs> to sit in one spot for 390 wow. days. Like, it's like the amount of sores or, or you know, unless God supernaturally intervened to, to prevent that. I mean, that's, that's some severe pain. Um, it just strikes me as extremely uh, weird. And then also when it comes to the fact that God is asking people that serve him to go to extreme lengths, 
in Ezekiel chapter 24, we see that in order to prove his point, God allows Ezekiel's wife to die. And so mm. God asks Ezekiel not to even mourn, right? Don't he says, don't mourn, don't, don't shave your beard, don't don't like just treat it like it's normal. So it's just like something as tragic as my wife dying to prove a point, God is like, don't, don't be sad. I'm like, man, like this is it's it just seems very extreme, man. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, man, it is a really extreme situation. But you have to understand that even at that time, I mean, not only Ezekiel, you know, this guy was an extreme situation, but the whole people of Israel, God's people were, it was it was crazy. I mean, you know, the Babylonians came and they tried to besiege the city of Jerusalem and take people captive, okay? So that happens for the first time and they took like, you know, a couple people, also the prophet Daniel, they took him to Babylon. Then the second time, Ezekiel gets taken captive and he goes out there and now his job is to basically prophesy to the people of Israel, listen guys, like what you have been doing the last dozens and I should even say hundreds of years, your generations and generations before you, you know, that was all wrong. You have been doing things wrong. You have sinned. You have done so many things wrong. You need to repent. And so, so you know, it's just like Ezekiel is finds himself in this situation where he's with the people of God and they have committed major sins, right? And so is, now is the question, you're God. You're trying to get your people's attention, man. How do you do it? Yeah, you need to get their attention. And, and we have biblical support for the fact that God likes to use you know, grand demonstrations to get people's attention, because oftentimes that's what we need as as sinners. Uh, when we look at the story of Noah, for instance, we see that God had him building an ark for over a hundred years. So you can imagine the spectacle of a boat being built when rain has never fallen on the earth, and it's like this big spectacle. And God uses those things to get his his children's attention. So yeah, yeah, I I do agree with that. That God was using that to to really speak to the people in a powerful way. Yeah, that's right. I, I just want to quickly mention the context here of the story in general as well. So for people who have never heard of Ezekiel before, never really have heard anything about, you know, Jerusalem and the captivity and all that. You know, Ezekiel, he was 25 years old when he was taken captive. And, and at 30, he received the calling to become a prophet for the Lord. And then, you know, you read the chapters 1, 2, and 3 of, of the book of Ezekiel. It's basically the calling that Ezekiel receives. And then chapter 4 is this first big thing that Ezekiel needs to do to just get the people's attention, right? And uh, the name Ezekiel, also very interesting to know that, man. The name Ezekiel means God strengthens or strengthened by God. And I feel like that's really key to understand the story and also the whole book of Ezekiel, that in this time of trouble, God was trying to strengthen his people to first warn them, but then also to prophesy of the coming restoration that, that they expect, right? Or that they can expect because they have a God of mercy. And and so that's that's the whole idea uh, behind the story. You know, we also have another prophet during that time, that uh, prophet we also know maybe, uh, that prophet is called Jeremiah. He was also living around the same time as Ezekiel. And Jeremiah was more like prophesizing to the people who were left in Judea. And, you know, Ezekiel was prophesizing also to the, to the ones who are already captive in Babylon to just remind them of their sins and why they are actually there. But, I mean, let's go back to the story, man. Let's just talk about the details here. You know, we have a few things that, that need to be mentioned. First of all, you know, he needed to lay down on the side and just stay there for X amount of days. I want to ask you, why in the world did God use this particular picture? What do you think? So, in ancient Israel, in that time uh, in history, uh, besieging a city was one of the most popular forms of squeezing the people out. 
there was no uh, few cities had water supply flowing into it. I think Babylon was one of the cities that actually had uh, a river flowing into it. But most cities uh, had their resources outside of the city. They had farms and, and plants and, and stuff outside and water. So by besieging a city, which, which means just surrounding the city so no one could go in or out, you basically squeeze the life out. And it was a very, very slow, painful death for the people inside. Oh, yeah. So what God is doing here is that he's he's it's an analogy because Ezekiel is besieging the city like the Babylonians will besiege uh, Israel for another time. And and so he's laying in front of the city the same way that the Babylonians will do it. So it's, it's an object lesson for what's to come. And it, for those that were sensitive to the Holy Spirit, they would have seen the truth in that and, and been turned from their wicked ways. Wow, very good, man. That's awesome but to really understand that picture, that object lesson that God has here. Another question that I would have now is then, why did God tell Ezekiel to eat bread? I mean, obviously, Ezekiel had to eat something, right? But why in the world did he like mention these ingredients? And why in the world does he need to bake it over human excrement? Yeah, it's crazy. So the ingredients that God gave to Ezekiel were wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, spelt. And, you know, I really want to go dig deeper at some point and find out what the nutritional value of those elements are. Can a man live on that for a year? Because if not, then God must have supernaturally been sustaining him. Um, I I think it's simple food. I think God is trying to prove a point that when you're besieged, uh, you know, the, the food that you have, it's you're not killing the fattened calf. This is not going to be a festival. We're not going to have wine and 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 goat and lamb. It's going to be <laughs> bare bones. You know what I mean? And God is trying to prove that point. Like you guys are going to be eating like just enough to sustain you. But I mean, what's also kind of weird is the fact that Human excrement, I mean, so many diseases come from that. And you have to think, how is that even sanitary? Because this is the same God in, in the Pentateuch, in the first five uh, books of the Bible, where God tells the Israelites when they're in the desert, to when they defecate, to, to dig a hole and to put you know their, their excrement in there. Because even God knew, of course, that that's how disease spreads, right? So, But here he's saying, no, don't put it in a hole. Put it on top of the ground and use it as your fuel. So you can imagine at some point that stuff is going to get on his hands. It's going to get maybe on the bread. Mm. And it, it's just disgusting, man. Like all to prove a point that when you're besieged by Babylon, you're going to be using all sorts of nastiness just to keep your fires burning. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think there's even a greater point there. Uh, when you look at verse 13, it says that the Lord told Ezekiel to do these things because he said the same way you are defiling yourself right now is just a prophecy of how my people are defiling themselves you know when they mingle with the Gentiles and I'm like wow that's a really really good point because you look back in the Bible history man and you even look in the future you see how many times God's people were told to like just you know stay with people they they were they they should have been equally yoked you know don't marry unbelievers and all these things and then the people they just go somewhere they just like mingle with other people and they they marry other people and then the, you know these broken families come up and and it's just literally defilement in a spiritual sense and so god uses that i believe also to show ezekiel and the people of israel hey you shouldn't be doing this this is this is wrong look look what ezekiel is doing here this is a picture of wh what you are doing what you have been doing and what you are continuing to do if you don't uh listen to my voice yeah for sure and another aspect of this story that's extremely interesting for me 
is the concept of suffering to save. Uh, we see that there is no saving of sinners without the suffering of the righteous. That, that's mm. a, that is an axiom that we find all throughout the Bible. Uh, those that are whose hearts are pure towards God often have to experience what Jesus experienced and suffering to save. And so we see that the well, God is trying to save Israel through Ezekiel. And so Ezekiel is put through a situation where he has to suffer. And so it's almost an honor in a sense, spiritually, to be able to say that I'm suffering for Christ, right? So yeah. here, Ezekiel is is partaking in the divine work of salvation yeah. by laying down his comforts to reach his fallen brethren. And I think that's a very uh, powerful message for me as a Christian today. Because oftentimes, you know, we just want comfort. You know, as human beings, we don't want to be distracted. We don't want to be uncomfortable. But, you know, this is a reminder that, you know, the, the work of salvation is messy. And oftentimes we have to get down into the pig pen with um, with other people in order to, to pull them out. That's right. And Ezekiel is actually a type of Christ. Because if you look at the name, how he calls himself in the book, it says son of man. Oh, Very wow. interesting. And we also know that Jesus is called the son of man, right? Mm -hmm. So so that's really a cool point, man. As summarizing, what are the key points that we can take from this? Maybe before you share your key points, I just want to quickly share one or two of mine that I found out while studying this for myself, man. Uh, just, I mean, maybe you agree with me, maybe you don't. We can just discuss this. But uh, one important thing that I found very interesting to note is um, God is a God of detail and order. Like, just read that chapter, man. You see, like, all these details, all, you know, like, lay down on the right side lay down on the left side there's like a symbol in all of these things and God really wanted to communicate that to his prophet that's kind of the first lesson and then and then I think it's also very important what we haven't even mentioned yet is the the amount of days that in this passage it basically means more than just you know 390 days or 40 days because a day is to represent a year in prophecy and the amount of days that Ezekiel laid down on the side was to represent the amount of years that the people of God were in sin or were suffering. So we have a very important key passage here for the day-year principle in prophecy, which, you know, we have to talk about at another point, but it's very important that we actually find it here. What are your key points, man? What are your, your key takeaways from the story? So I mean, my key takeaway is that God will stop at nothing to save his children. You know, like God, when you look at the story of, of Noah, when you look at the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, when you look at this story here, you see that God is striving with the sinner. He's striving with the rebellious, and he will stop at nothing to save us. And it's such a powerful message of God's love for us. It's not like God sent one prophet with one message and said, okay, you know, they're off with their heads, you know, send the Babylonians. <laughs> he, he, he was trying and trying and trying. And that's such a powerful message for me that God mm -hmm. is striving with me and striving with us to to make sure that everyone you know gets into heaven. I think that another uh, lesson that I take away from this is the fact that as Jesus suffered, we will be asked to, to, to suffer and inconvenience ourselves in order to save people. But the beautiful thing about it is that the same way God sustained Ezekiel, God will sustain us as well. Mm. And there's one more point. So the third point is that God is not a ruthless dictator because when you look at this, God is allowing Ezekiel to dialogue with him, right? God doesn't say, no, this is the way I said. You have to use human excrement and that's it. When Ezekiel says, hey, man, I've never defiled myself, God says, you know what? Okay, you can use cow dung. So here we see a God 
who knows all, who's who doesn't need to negotiate with us human beings, but he's he like almost humbles himself in a way to to change his plans because of Ezekiel. Wow. Right? That's that's such a, a crazy thought that God would humble himself to dialogue with people that he should in essence just be ordering us, you know, to do stuff. It's it's incredible and it shows the amazing character of God. Wow, that's right, Phil. Is there another personal lesson that we can take out of this? Yeah, I think one of the biggest lessons that we can take away from this is the same way that God stopped at nothing to call the Israelites away from their sin. It's the same way that he's calling us today to a higher life, to more a deeper intimacy with him. And I'd like to challenge you today to look at your life. Is there an area of your life in which God has metaphorically sent Ezekiel to lay siege before Jerusalem to let you know how much he cares for you and how much he wants you to give up the sin that's besetting you to live on a higher plane and deeper intimacy with him? I can assure you, if you listen to God's voice, you will not regret it. God will stop at nothing to save you and I. Be blessed. Hey, if you want to listen to more episodes, subscribe on YouTube by searching for 21st Talks. That's 21ST Talks on YouTube. And when you click on any one of our videos, make sure to click on the subscribe button and the little bell on the bottom so you can get notified every time we release a new episode. Also, make sure to follow us on Spotify or whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. And most importantly, send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash 21st Talks or anchor.fm slash 21st Talks to say hello and let us know what topics you'd like to hear Vince and I discuss. And if you want to help us share these messages with more people, your small monthly donation on anchor.fm slash 21st Talks would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much and God bless.